Hello everyone and welcome back to the Al Vorn podcast sponsored by Betfred and produced by Feed Ignite. This is season two, episode 19 of the Al Vorn podcast and my guest this week is Spencer FC, also known as Spencer Owen, also known as Spencer Carmichael Brown and also known as the FIFA player back in the early YouTube days. What can I say about this guy, a thorough gent, I met him for the first time at the FIFA 18 launch in 2017. Really nice guy, very down to earth, so intelligent when it comes to kind of YouTube and, you know, the best things about YouTube and and FIFA and all of that. And he's a genius in terms of, you know, what he's done so far with the Wembley Cup. I mean, getting all of those kind of social media based YouTuber teams Playing in this big competition at Wembley is just amazing. And the fact that it's become such a big phenomenon is, is huge. And of course, you may, I mean, the guy owns his own football team now. They're registered for the uh, English Football League. Hashtag United. Just remarkable what he has done with, you know, with, with his own football club. Him and his, um, and his brother Seb. So just this, this is a really great podcast. And we kind of delve into... Um, we delve into FIFA, we delve into, uh, talk a lot about career mode in FIFA, something that I'm a big fan of when I play FIFA, um, and of course Ultimate Team, and yeah, just kind of his, his early beginnings on YouTube, of course he's a massive West Ham fan, so we talk about his, um, he gives his take on West Ham's progress this season under David Moyes. Honestly, this is a great podcast, Spencer's a gentleman, really nice guy, and in there he did say that I could play in the next Wembley Cup so hopefully when everything gets back to normal I'll uh, I'll head over there and play in the Wembley Cup if you're a big fan of Spencer you're, you're kind of a big fan of the UK YouTube scene and this guy is a big part of it so um, I really do hope you enjoy it folks and yeah it's season 2 episode 19 of the Al Foran podcast Spencer FC Game on Get £30 in free bets from Betfred when you sign up and stake a tenner. Football, racing, rugby, boxing. Betfred have markets available on all of the biggest matches, races, fights and more. Download the Betfred app from the App Store or Google Play Store or sign up through betfred.com. Game on! 18 plus BeGambleAware.org UK and Northern Ireland only First sports bet of £10 and over in one transaction Settled in 60 days Odds evens, brackets 2.0 and over £30 free bet paid within 10 hours of bet settlement 7 day expiry Payment restrictions apply SMS validation may be required Full terms and conditions apply Please gamble responsibly Hello folks, I am delighted to be joined by Spencer FC, aka Spencer Owen, aka Spencer Carmichael Brown. That's that's the real that's the real name. <laughs> <laughs> aka FIFA player as well, mm. which we, we, which we'll get into. How are you doing, buddy? Anyway, I'm all right, mate. Thank you. Uh, good to good to see you virtually, of course. But um, yes, yeah. yeah, I'm all right considering we're in like however many months of lockdown now. I'm, I'm doing okay. Yeah, it's yeah. I, we, we were talking before we started recording. It is getting a bit frustrating, but. I suppose there will be light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, uh, in the future, uh, the summer, the summer. I think we'll, I think we'll be having a good summer, and um, mainly us. You know, both of us are passionate football fans. We'll um, get to see fans back in 
those stadiums again. Yes. And see and watch real football. It I seems suppose. crazy that I remember that they did a little experiment, didn't they, before Christmas? Like West Ham game had like 2,000 people in. I was like, did we actually do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they did. They were in lockdown again. Yeah, I think it lasted maybe two weeks. It was West, it was all the London clubs. Yeah, that's it. And Merseyside and a few others, I forget, that had um, about two, two to two to three thousand fans in the stadium. Yeah. But, um, ah, like two games. Yeah. <laughs> two games. Yeah. No, we want the full capacity and hopefully we get that in uh, in August yeah. of this year, you know. How are you doing as a West Ham fan at the moment? I, I know I'm a Man United fan and it was a tough result. I, I, a really strange approach in Old Trafford um, on Sunday night from West Ham. I actually, I expected a lot, a, a tougher test for United. What were your thoughts on that game? We've had three games against you this season. They've all been quite tight. You guys have come out on top every time, but, yeah. um, but they've all, I mean, obviously the FA Cup one went to extra time as well. You mm. know, we're, we have a certain approach right now, which is quite frustrating in those games, but because of what we're doing in other games. So like, yeah. you know, you watch that same against Liverpool recently. We played them when they had, you know, all these injuries and they were in that l- losing run of games. Um, Moyes has obviously got a way of playing, which is, you know, he, what he's done for us. The reason I'm not too angry about it. First of all, as a West Ham fan, you can never be angry losing to Man United. It's like, it's part of the course, what we expect. Mm. Um, but is what Moyes has brought to us is he's made us actually start winning the games we should win, if you like, or the games when we're the yeah. favourites. We're actually winning them now, which has always been our sort of issue in the past. But he has a certain mentality against the big clubs and it doesn't really work, unfortunately. Like he might sneak the odd draw here and there, but as a manager, he's actually got quite a poor record against the big six teams. Yeah. And you can start to see why. It's a little bit conservative, a little bit defensive. Mm. You know, you'd, you'd love to... I mean, we were missing players. Obviously, we couldn't play Lingard. Yeah. Uh, we had a few injuries out, outside of that. Bonner's been one of our best players this, in, this season. He was out. Um, you know, it wasn't a full strength. And maybe for the Man United game, I think I probably would have done the same. Like, it just didn't work out, unfortunately. But Liverpool game, we should have gone for for more. We should have attacked them. They were vulnerable. They had, you know, deputising centre-backs. But yeah. you guys are doing pretty well. Like, I think you're doing it under the radar a little bit at the moment. I've been a little bit of a Solskjaer critic. And um, yeah. he might be winning me over slightly, to be fair. Yeah, I I, I had a... I don't know if you... You probably heard of Andy Mitten. I had Andy, Andy Mitten on a few weeks ago and... Um, kind of talking about the the overall support for Solskjaer and I'll hold my hands up and I'll, I'll tell you right now like I lost faith after the Champions League exit in December I just thought you know something like that was unforgivable because they were in such a prime position in that group and when they went out to Leipzig and kind of yeah. uh, bottled it against PSG at home I kind of thought is has has he taken us as far as we could go and then yeah, yeah. I, I I love being like, I love, I don't want to be, I don't want to be right. I want to be proven wrong. And he completely proved me wrong. We were top of the league in early January. They were playing some great football and now there's been a bit of a slump, but yeah, I I honestly, no, I think he, I think he is doing a great job. Um, And I think kind of (laughs) me being a fool, like, like, like a lot of other fans being reactionary in that case, and kind of, you know, not showing any faith in him after the Champions League exit. He completely proved so many people wrong. Yeah. And it is, it's a long-term project at Man United. It really yeah. is. Um, it's it's a case of being extremely patient, you know. Well, I think that's actually really, really encouraging to see, though. Like, if, if they have got it right with Solskjaer and it does come good, yeah. you guys do return to, you know, where you belong in terms of winning things regularly. Like, it's the perfect way to do it. You know, it's with a, a club legend. It's with giving them time, just like yeah. Fergie had. You know, Fergie had time at the start of his tenure there. 
And from an outside perspective, looking in, it always seemed a bit weird that you'd basically given this guy who's not, be honest, not got a great managerial record before you guys yeah. time when you weren't giving much more proven managers time before that. Yeah. Um, but maybe it's just that perfect storm, you know, it's just the right man for the right job. Well, you know, from what I've heard, apparently, you know, the the scenes that, the, you know, with, with the club, everything within the club, you know, everyone is just so happy. The, the morale is is so high. You know, apparently the, the foundations are kind of are, are better than what they were under the likes of um, Van Gaal and Mourinho. Right. Apparently, apparently it was a disaster under Mourinho. And I know yeah. I'm very thankful for Mourinho for delivering a silverware. But yeah. um. It, it's kind of the typical case of Jose, it, you know, it turns sour real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I think... And with, at Spurs, if he doesn't bring himself away, you're not even getting the thing you're supposed to get as a guarantee with Jose, are you? Which is trophies. Yeah. And like, you wonder what's going to happen. If, if he leaves Spurs without winning anything, will that be the first job he's ever had where he's not won anything? Uh, I think so. I think, yes, yeah, will, because obviously his second spell with Chelsea, he won the league. Yeah. Brady won the league. Um, yeah. Inter, Inter, one at Porto, one at Chelsea. Before that, yeah, one so, at United. So yeah, and and the only, and I've said it for for years now. It's international management for him. He has to. You look at that Portugal side, oh, Portugal team. Oh, he like he'd be all over that if 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 he was to um, get sacked or leave Spurs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they've got I, their, their team's kind of come out of nowhere. Sort of snuck up on me. The Portugal team. I looked at the squad the other day. I was like. They've actually got an unbelievable team. As long as Ronaldo yeah. keeps going for another year or two, they'll um, at that level, they'll uh, they'll, they'll be dangerous. Possibly, he's he's probably looking at the the World Cup in twenty twenty two. Jose, if things don't work out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spurs. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, that's obviously that's the state of everything with football at the moment. It's just let's get the fans back in soon yeah. enough and. Um, Get this season over and done with. Let City win the league and <laughs> let it let it come back to normal next season. And hopefully, hopefully, your West Ham um, get a top four spot. Jesus, that'd be unbelievable. Yeah, I mean that is crazy. Like to think that we could do it mathematically. I don't think we will. I think we'll, we'll mm. if we end up somewhere around fifth or sixth. Like, that's a really good season for us. You have got to take that. Really happy yeah. with that. And let's be honest. Like we get in the Champions League. Sure, it might allow us to, to attract some better players. But are we going to go and sign them? Have we got the the money? Realistically, we're not going to go very far in the Champions League. Fourth place mm. still has to do qualification anyway. And we've yeah. got a horrendous record on Europa League qualification, let alone Champions League qualification. So. Yeah. I don't see us getting in it. So I'd rather us go into competition Europa League in fifth and actually have a chance to go and do some damage in that tournament. Never know. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Um, I just want to talk about yourself and, you know, your, your childhood and your early love for football. I mean, what was your first memory as a West Ham fan? Uh, as a West Ham fan, uh, my, my earliest memory is probably actually... Uh, my, my, I remember going to games, like obviously loads, and, and, mm. but in terms of standout moments, it was probably our, that relegation we had. Um, we got relegated and we were playing Birmingham and we had to win and we didn't. It was that relegation of the team that was too good to go down. You know, we had like Decanio and we had yes, Joe yeah. Cole and Michael Carrick and Jermaine Defoe. Unbelievable team. That was Harry. Was that Harry's team, was it? Uh, that was Harry's. Did Harry take us down so long ago now? I no, like I don't think been, it was Harry. I mean, Glenn Ro- was it Glenn Roder? I think it might have been Glenn Roder that we went down with. Yeah. Um, who obviously passed away recently. Yeah. yeah. Who, um, and he actually got us our highest ever position. We, got, we could have finished fifth. Yeah. And it might have been Harry actually, but we finished, I think we finished seventh under Glenn. And then um, he had a brain tumor at that point, which mm. is what made him take a bit of time out of management. Yeah. And then obviously brain tumor, he died from recently, which is really sad. Um, yeah. I actually went to school with Glenn Roder's son, who's in my class. Oh, wow. 
He's a good footballer. But yeah, so West Ham, uh, most early memories quite painful, footballing-wise, going yeah. down. The benefit is you get that, yeah, the bounce back, which is championship. I'm telling you, if you're like a team like West Ham, Championship's pretty fun because you go yeah. down there, you win like 80% of your games down yeah. there and you feel like everything's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then in football-wise, just before that, though, it's probably uh, the 98 World Cup as well. I, was about to, I got into football like around sort of 10-ish. Yeah. I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't playing it from like four or five like some kids do. Mm. And um, the 98 World Cup, I was 10. And obviously the Beckham, I remember watching that in my parents' bed. All the family were watching their TV and we were crying our eyes out. But, um, yeah. We got knocked out in that game because it was such a good... We actually did really well in that game. And that was the story of a lot of World Cups for England. We kept getting really unlucky for a while. There was some yeah. after that we were really bad in. But like 2010, uh, killed Beckham red card and we still took him all the way to Pens. Yeah. Uh, 2012 wasn't so... Uh, sorry, that's not 2010. 1998. Uh, 2000 was rubbish. 2002, we got beat by Brazil. Brazil. That was Ronaldinho's Ronaldinho. goal. Yeah. 2004 was the Rooney... Euros, where he was the best player in the world, basically. Yes. And he got injured. And then we got beat yeah. by Portugal. Penalties. 2006, I was there. We lost on penalties to Portugal again. And that was another red card. Yeah. That was a Rooney red card. So red card. And then we started to get a bit naff after that. I and mean, that's when 2008, we didn't even qualify. Under and McLaren. It just, yeah, it dropped yeah. off a little bit for a few years. But the first sort of four tournaments that I can remember, we actually were really unlucky not to have gone fairly Very unlucky. I mean, that England team of the, the naughties. I mean, that was on paper that they call it the golden generation. I mean, what a team. <laughs> that picture in 2004, one of the games with it yeah. signed up, it's like Gerard, Lampard, Skulls, I think, no, not Skulls then, but you had Terry, Rooney. Ferdinand, I yeah. think Campbell, like all these guys in and around it. I can't remember what, it's definitely Campbell because I remember he scored against Portugal and it's like disallowed. Yeah, Ashley Cole. Yeah, obviously Rooney, <laughs> Michael Owen. It's a joke. The only weak link in that team was David James. Yes, yeah. It, it wasn't terrible. I, 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 he's a West Ham player, obviously. I like David James. But, um, but like, everyone, every other position was pretty much world-class. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. But, but I, it was I'm a not, case of not gelling together. Exactly. And then trying to play more that position and just, mm. I don't know. But the other thing I remember about 98 is obviously Ireland in the 98 World Cup as well. No, no, we weren't. It was... I'm thinking of... Oh, two. I'm thinking of 2002. That's the Roy Keane issue yes. in the Mick so McCarthy. So 98, 98 was Scotland. I was getting confused. Yeah, yeah. No, 2002, Ireland. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah. I mean, that I actually think about that quite a lot. Whenever I see Roy Keane on telly, he's a great, like, great to watch pundit. Yeah. I always think, like, he surely he must regret that. Yeah, I think he does. I think he, it took him a few years to admit that he regretted it, but yeah, he, he admittedly, you know, it's it was a huge regret. Um, because they had such a good young team. Good I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you had Robbie Keane, uh, Damien Duff, Ian Hart. Ian Hart, yeah, at quality. that time, it was quality for Leeds. Yeah, and I mean, we would have, we would have gone. Shay Given, you have Shay Given. We had Shay Given, yeah. Shay Given in goals. Um, decent team, and 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 an experienced Niall Quinn as well. Yeah, you know, so we had a decent enough squad, and uh, yeah, oh my God, the country. I mean, are you you know Ireland's a, a small country, and when that happened, when Keane left, I mean, it was it was no. the biggest thing ever. It was huge. Wasn't it? Was it because he wasn't happy with the facilities or something? Like he didn't think it was good enough, and it was just like yeah, because he's used to the best, obviously United at that point. But you just got to was he captain? He was. Yeah, I mean that's unforgivable for me. 
Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I'm, what, what is the general tone towards that? Obviously, it's a long time ago now, but do you guys, is Roy Keane like, well liked in Ireland or has he never? It's been- very divisive. Um, at, the, at the time, I mean, there was a huge, even in my household, between my brother took Roy Keane's side. Really? Um, and my mother, uh, my mother and father took Mick McCarthy's side. So they were, they were arguing. Um, I didn't have a clue. I was just kind of upset that Roy Keane had, had left. I didn't know what side to take. Yeah. But it was a massive thing in the country. It divided households. You were uh, either Team Keane or Team McCarthy. You know? <laughs> That's the thing, like, I remember after 98 when Beckham got sent off and there was all like, the burning effigies and stuff and, like, there was some yeah. really trying to sort of ruin his life a little bit. But there's a difference between a red card, which is still stupid, and his one was really stupid, and actually just going, cool. I'm gonna walk. I'm going. I'm gonna go home. I, know. Like, I remember that picture of him walking his dog when he got back in the middle of the World Cup, and I'm just like, "This is what you play football for. Yeah. You're not playing to play in the World Cup for your country. What are you doing oh, it for?" Like, I don't know. And we would have gone far. I actually believe we would have. We, we would have beaten Spain. We were knocked out by by Spain, and yeah. you know, I, I think we would have beaten them. We, we might have could have got to the semis if we had Keane in that team. He was that much of a difference maker. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You know? Hundred percent. No, we want to play against him. Yeah, exactly. But uh, no, they they didn't do too bad. Yeah. Um, with the team that they had, a lot of young players in there. Uh, Duff Duff looked like a world beater, and he obviously went on to play for Chelsea. Yeah. But yeah. um, that's I mean Ireland in in international tournaments, it's a big thing. It's always a big thing, um, because we're barely in them. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we're 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 not going. It's it's heartbreaking. The Euros ha- are happening this summer. You know, the Aviva is one of the stadiums and we're not a part of it. I mean, that is just, Man. yeah. oh, it's horrible. It's a horrible one to At take. At least you're not, you're not going to be missing a, a tournament that would be the same as a proper Euros, though, in terms of, I mean, they're saying yeah. there's going to be fans, but I don't see how it's going to, I don't know what's going to happen, but yeah. It's, you don't know. I feel like it's going to be, even the fact that they haven't, because like, this is the first Euros they were going to do across all the different countries, right? And it feels like they probably should have abandoned that for this one now. Like, it seems mm. a bit impractical. Um, so I don't know how it's going to be, but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a shame because I'm, I don't know, I've, I definitely don't think this is an Irish thing. I don't think the other kind of, you know, surrounding countries feel this way about England, certainly not in Ireland because obviously mm. you're not in the UK, but um, I'm one of those guys that does always support the other teams, like, yeah. unless you're against England, obviously. Yeah, no, no. Because I, I know so many people and I, you know, yeah. and I, I always support Ireland, I always support Northern Ireland, Wales, Scotland. I have got a bit Scottish in me as well, so I'm yeah. a bit more towards Scotland than the others, but I'm not that guy who like, I love the rivalry. Like if we yeah. play each other, I love that game. I've been to a yeah. couple, um, not the same again, but I've been to a couple of England, Scotland games and that rivalry is unreal. And Ireland's probably yeah. even up, up a higher level. So it's like, yeah, like I love it. And that's why I want you in the tournament. Well, I, I think have the match. But the funniest thing about the, the England being in the, in the world cup, just all of the Irish fans, you know, just, <laughs> we'll never hear the end of it. That's what pe- people were like if if you were to win it. That was kind of the running joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like Liverpool <laughs> when they win something. Yeah. It's kind of like we'll never hear the end of it. But it's it's just banter at the end of the day. I actually, yeah. I am. Um, I thought that England team were very unlucky as well in 2018. You know. Yeah, I mean, if you look. I was lucky enough to be at every game for that. I was in Russia for the whole month, and yeah. the. We were lucky and unlucky. Like, we had a really good run, like, in terms mm. of the, the matches. Um, but then we came up against Croatia, who had played two extra times in a row. Yeah. They Theoretically, we should have been fresh going into that. Yet they were the ones that looked like they could handle it a bit more. We lost it in the midfield that game. Luka Modric just, you know, 
Bastard. actually running the thing. And I think yeah. obviously there's a few chances we had and we took the lead, but would we have beaten uh, France? I don't think we'd have won it. No. I don't think we'd have won. No. And it's, it's amazing though. It's like I went there, I actually planned my trip at a certain budget. I was sponsored out there with um, Coca-Cola mm. and at a certain budget, like to, I had to do all my own hotels and flights and everything. So yeah. I was like, okay, do I try and make it last a tournament or do I have like a bit of a better experience in terms of how much money I can spend for the group stages? Because let's face it, England will probably yes. go out. So I, <laughs> I put it all in the group stages and then I had to put my hand in my own pocket for the rest of it. So I was like, England is still going. I didn't plan for this. I don't want to, I didn't want to plan for us to go the distance and then get disappointed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was the best way to do it. But um, yeah, international tournaments, my favorite, mate. World Cup's my favorite. Um, oh, they're great. Yeah, so fun. They're so much fun, especially. I mean, even even with Ireland not being in an international tournament, it's it's still just to watch it as a neutral is so exciting. That kind of that exciting feeling, you know, when say you're three four days in and you haven't seen Brazil yet or you haven't seen yeah, France yeah, yeah. yet, you're kind of waiting to see what you know. What are these these highly regarded international teams all about? That's that's the excitement and buzz about it. So now I'm looking yeah. forward to the Euros. Yeah. This summer, even though Ireland aren't in it from a neutral's perspective, there's a lot of top teams in the you know in international football in Europe. So definitely it'll be it'll be a fun one to watch. I want to kind of drift away and kind of talk a little bit about yourself on YouTube. You started off kind of working with Copper 90. Yeah. Um before you you launched your YouTube channel and you kind of had this, you were known as this um kind of character called the FIFA player. And um I, t- I think uh, a lot of people still, a lot of people are, are they still unaware that Spencer FC is, is oh, the FIFA player? I know the first video you did on your YouTube channel is you kind of becoming Spencer, but like, you know, with YouTube, a lot of people join in. Yeah, of course. Subscribe at a later stage. So they, they don't see that first video. Now, that was um, the thing I always thought was funny was, because um, if you look at, if you actually go on my channel, the actual original URL is still, youtube.com forward slash official official FIFA player because it was a yeah. FIFA player channel before that. Yeah. And when we changed it up, I had to take those videos down. So the only one I was allowed to leave on was that first one that we sort of explained it. But it was weird because because FIFA, I actually had been doing YouTube for a long time before even Copper 90. Mm. I joined them, but with no real success. But the, um, the FIFA player was the catalyst. So it's really yeah. weird when within maybe, I think the channel had about 100 and a bit thousand subscribers at the time that we changed it up. And then... Within about six months, I was about about half a million. And it was really weird because I that, that FIFA player was such a big catalyst, but there was theoretically more people that had come since I wasn't him mm. and maybe didn't even know about it. So I was like, yeah. it was such a big part for me, but then I, I didn't even talk about it that much. I wasn't really allowed to at first. And then also I... Um, I I didn't want to like talk about this weird character I played. If all these people didn't know what it was, it was like, it doesn't make it because it's so different to my actual real life. Yeah. 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 And that was something that was actually always quite challenging, you know, like um, again, a lot of people watching this probably don't know what it is, but I I was uh, like a best way to describe it is like a really budget Ali G who in his disguise, (laughs) instead of going around and pranking politicians or whatever, I would go and play FIFA with people Mm. dressed as a chav in a, in a, in a um, kind of like, um, snood like the sky so you couldn't see my face mm. and um, but it was comedy it was supposed to be comedy it was mostly me taking the mick out of myself thinking I was the best player in the world and obviously not being but then also just sort of taking the mick out of YouTubers because <laughs> YouTube was a different space back then like to be a YouTuber is more of a social network back then it was much more like a yeah. MySpace like the, the channels felt like profiles rather than t- TV channels like I did yeah. 
And um, everyone's personalities were a much bigger part of it. So it was like going to meet these people that, especially in the FIFA scene, back then FIFA YouTube consisted of mostly- Huge. Even, it wouldn't even be people's faces unless it was KSI. Most yeah. of these guys were just chatting voiceovers and then I'd go and actually meet them. And most of these guys, I'd be the first people they'd ever met like off of YouTube. And I'd go, mm. I went all over the country, all over the world. I went to America, I went to Iceland, I went to Spain, playing different YouTubers. And they'd be like, they didn't, not all of them didn't get it. They, they thought that they were like, um, <laughs> thought that I was really like him in real life. So they'd be worried yeah. that I was going to let it, <laughs> basically let this prick into the house who just like uh, be mean to them. And I'd be like, no guys, I'm not actually like that. <laughs> For the first year and a half, I never took the mask off when we filmed ever. So like even okay. off camera, if I was there, I would still do the voice and still wear the mask because we were really yeah. trying to keep it a secret. That's proper method acting. You know, when you talk, that's a real kind of Daniel Day-Lewis kind Very of approach. Similar. Yeah, still waiting for my Oscar, but um, <laughs> no, uh, it was it was actually really fun, you know, I think, because there's a lot of great things that come with this world, as you know yourself, yeah. um, but there's also a lot of negative things as well. And, and mm. you'll, you'll probably resonate to this in, in many ways with, you know, slightly different, because when you're obviously impersonating someone, you're, you've still got your face. Yeah. Sometimes you might wear a disguise or whatever, but generally people yeah, know your yeah. face. You know, yeah. with the FIFA player, when it's heyday, no one knew my face. Yeah. And so looking back, it was actually really, really fun because you have the freedom of, especially when you do a comedy, like mm. trying to be stupid and silly, but never being embarrassed. Because you yeah. never, it's, it's, I, I did do, do stand up and stuff before FIFA player. So it's yeah. really good um, kind of. Uh, breeding ground for me but then going into this it was like I can do anything man no one actually knows who the hell I am and then also it was that I mean FIFA player was never and, and nothing I've ever done is you know proper proper fame but I got a taste of what it would be like in certain experiences I've had mm. and I feel having the FIFA player situation where you could literally take your mask off and no one knew who the hell you were was actually really good and if I could design yeah. the perfect career for someone like with my mentality my personality I'd be mm. like no do it behind a mask and then have your life separate. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it gave you a lot of kind of freedom to to do all of those kind of things. And yeah, and, yeah. and and the beauty of it was you obviously loved playing FIFA. You know? Yeah, I mean <laughs> who doesn't love playing FIFA, even so, if it comes with the biggest stresses of your life at times, you know. The thing is it was a win-win because like people people that didn't like it maybe didn't understand that I the joke was on me. Like the whole point was it wasn't if I win, it was like it was funny because I actually beat someone at FIFA and I actually did beat the world champion at FIFA. Like I, I, I beat some of my proper good players and like, cause right. I, I, not so much now, but at that time I was actually fairly decent at the game. Yeah. But, um, but I'd also lose those games. And when I lost, I had to do punishments and I had to do these public embarrassing yeah. things. And it was like, <clears throat> that's what we want to see as a viewer. Yeah. So it, it wouldn't matter if I lost. So I, I was in a, I was in a win-win situation. Yeah. But, uh, even though some of the punishments I had to do were pretty ridiculous, but the, um, but that's kind yeah. of the whole general, spiel around fifa as well especially on social media i mean you just see normal lads on facebook years ago or on twitter with the fifa apologies if they lost yeah exactly yeah. five we, or six nil we borrowed a lot from that and then we created something called extreme fifa so i'll be playing fifa like playing fifa whilst getting paintball shot on me the whole game <laughs> and we played it against a guy called cap gun tom that's why we did the paintballs because his name's cap gun tom yeah I, I remember watching back watching the video back at the end and he got shot three times and I got shot 27 times. Oh. This is how much of a stitch up it was. And uh, I still won, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, know, you don't know what it's like. You're playing FIFA like this. You've got a camera, uh, TV, and you know, monitor and camera. Yeah. There. 
and you've got guys here and here with paintball guns. And like, you obviously, your natural instinct is to look, and they're about to shoot you. Yeah. You're trying to concentrate on the game against the kid who's actually quite good at the game as well. And you're like, it was mental. That was my proudest achievement. Uh, <laughs> I don't do anything uh, like that anymore. <laughs> what's, what's your, um, what's your favorite FIFA ever? Do you have one? People often say, like, I think people are like, I'm very ingrained in the community in terms of I, I run an esports team and I, and I present a lot of FIFA, but mm. I don't look in the, at the game, I wouldn't say, in, in the same level of detail as some of the really hardcore players do. Mm-hmm. Some of these guys would go, oh, FIFA 15 was really good because of this, 16. Cause yeah. For me, a FIFA is more good because of what point in my life I was at when I was playing it. Yeah. I think of FIFA 98, same year of the World Cup we talked yeah. about, was my first FIFA. I used to play with my brother on the PC. Blur song too. I mean, uh, uh, massive soundtrack. He yeah. was on the keyboard and I was on the mouse, which is a stitch up because the mouse is two buttons. So you can do <laughs> pass or tackle, which is pressing all these things. And I'd run out of room. I'd be on the thing. I'd be, I could type it on mouse. Start. I'd be on the desk with the mouse <laughs> running along the wing. You get to the end of the desk, you'd be like, I have to start again. It's <laughs> proper like people with the controllers now don't know how good they have it. But um, that's just because that was my first one. Like, we just loved playing with each other and just mm. learning the game and. You had the indoor, remember the indoor yeah. um, arena, five-a-side arena and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's probably my favorite one just because of the kind of nostalgia. Yeah, it is. It's it purely, not, I've, obviously I haven't played it in years now, 20-odd years, but I remember me, my brother, my older brother and my cousin having it. And then my brother wouldn't go near it. I don't think he's played FIFA in maybe 15, 16 years now. But that was their kind of generation. And I remember that game it was huge. I think, yeah. wasn't it, wasn't it Beckham on the cover? 98, uh, I remember now. I mean, I, think, I feel like it had been quite early for Beckham to be on the cover. Was he was big it, enough in 98? Because he got him, big after that. Yeah. Because um, I know, but I, I, just, I remember Bergkamp being on the cover of FIFA 99. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. He um he scored that great goal in 98, didn't he, against Argentina? He touched it out yeah. of the sky. Yeah. Yeah, the... um. Yeah, the, the, that night, I always remember scoring goals with the England team, Sheringham and Shearer and all these guys. Yeah. Yeah, man, that was that was a great team. That Euro '96 before that, obviously, we did quite well out. We yes. won. That's what I was hoping they were going to do with the Euros this year. Is hoping they because we already got, I think, the semi-finals and the final. Mm. I was hoping they were going to bring it all into England because of COVID, and that was going to give us a massive advantage. But without the fans, it won't doesn't matter anyway. But yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I think that was a great era to be an England fan. Yeah, oh, definitely. I just want to talk as well just about. Kind of, I know. I think you've spoken about FIFA. Kind of the effect it's had on young kids with these ultimate team coins, and mm. I mean, I've heard stories of, you know, some kids running up bills of five to six thousand euros on the on their parents' uh, uh, credit card. You know what? What? What's kind of? How, how long has this been going on for? And you know, is is it still kind of a huge problem? So Ultimate Team as a game mode, I yeah. think, is now it's over 10 years old because I had the 10-year anniversary yeah. um, recently. But, um, I mean, so I think there's a pro- couple of things there. There's a problem with just online spending in general. Like, technically, mm. you know, kids can get access to accounts, and that's like that's a parental issue, first and foremost. Yeah. Uh, they're letting their kids do that. But the, what, what you're alluding to there with FIFA and Ultimate Team is, is a game mode that is... You know, it's, it's it, the best way to describe it is probably what you did, and certainly what I did growing up is the sticker albums. Yeah, you'd buy all these stickers, and yeah. you'd, you'd be desperate for your mum and dad to give you whatever fifty p to go and get a pack of stickers. Yeah, I used to get rewards from my football game 
performance, my real life football performances in stickers. Mm. If I scored a goal, I'd get five packs of stickers. If it was with my left foot, I'd get 10 packs of stickers. Yeah. So my dad used to incentivize me and I uh, never got any stickers, so I was rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I used to, uh, we loved it. Me and my brother would get stickers every year. So now, if you imagine, I'm, I'm sure kids still do that, but now it's really about these virtual stickers, if you like, but you can use, if you have them, you can play FIFA with them. You can, they're mm. in your team. But some of these guys, like, you know, if you got to the end of the sticker album and you're missing a few key players, there was always that thing you could pull out where you could order the stickers. Mm. You might pay a couple of quid for each sticker, but you could complete the set. Yeah. In FIFA, you cannot get a Messi. Like, there's no way of just going, I would like to buy a Messi. You have to either pack him from luck, which is where the kind of criticism comes in because it's, um, it's a lottery, basically, if you're going to get mm. them or not. And you can spend crazy amounts of money, like thousands of pounds. Uh, and literally, that's the only way. That is literally the only or, or you can buy enough packs that you can then sell the players you do get to then fund buying him on the market, which is yeah. like, it's so much to explain for someone that doesn't get it. But basically... I, and I have a confession. Yeah. I've never done it. I've yeah, yeah, never yeah. gone into Ultimate Team. I just, and that's probably one of the reasons why I'm, I'm the most basic FIFA player ever. I, I do career mode. Yeah, I, know, I love career mode. Yeah. I think I actually started, I, I haven't played a lot this year, but I was playing career mode when I was playing it. And I think yeah. when um when we grew up, we bought a game, we bought a disc for like, what, £40? Pounds, yeah. And that was it. You know, of course, online mm. gaming has come along and it's allowed us to do so much more than we, could, we couldn't do before, that you can mm. play against people competitively any time of day, whenever you want. There's a million more things to do. The games are definitely much better, yeah. which for me would warrant them being 60 quid or... 80 quid even mm. but ultimate team you're still paying what these days is about 50 60 quid for a game and then you know if you want to have a good team like and i say good i mean like really competitive team because you, you can spend thousands of pounds it's just not and this yeah. is, remember this is a yearly cycle end of the year they're gone like they're yeah. still on the game but no one's playing that game anymore they're on to yeah. the next one so that's the problem for me i'm a big fan of it and i i understand why they do what they do because it's a business ultimately Course, um, yeah. But it's, a, it's like it's like the old debate of um, of Arsenal season ticket prices being too much, but they're selling out. Like, yeah. Of course, there is a a a um, altruistic argument that they should be cheaper because football is too expensive and it's being gentrified and we're pricing out you know mm. the working class and whatnot. Which I'm hundred percent behind that argument. But from a business perspective, from the people at Arsenal who are in a complete, very very competitive environment. You know, they've got Man United, they've got Chelsea, they've got Man City, all these guys spending loads of money every year. They need to maximise their returns as well to be a good business. Mm. Yeah. I'm not talking about clubs being run as a business. I don't agree with that, but they need the funds to invest. Not, they should always be investing because that's how you, you should always be aiming to win matches of football. Mm. And that's why I think some teams have strayed, strayed away from. But for me, mm. if they're selling their stadium out and they can sell a ticket for 120 quid, like, unless it's going to be... like it's, That's for me, it's not Arsenal's job to decide whether they should have to do that or not. If they want to be heroic, yes, they, they can bring the prices down. It's football's job to, uh, to make some rules, you yeah. know, whether that's ticket prices being capped, whether that is player wages being capped, whether that's certainly yeah. agent fees being capped. All this money that's getting taken out of the game could be looked after in a much better way, which would allow, for example, clubs to charge less for tickets. So going back to FIFA, people are buying them for that price. Yeah, mm. if, if people have a real problem with it, and what often happens is they get to a certain age and they go, do I actually want to be spending like 100 quid a month to buy these virtual players? Or should yeah. I like, you know, get a better car or whatever? Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, people are going to make those decisions eventually. But obviously there's certain age groups are putting a lot of money into FIFA. So 
either something legally has to be changed, and it has happened in some countries. Um, Belgium have actually outlawed buying a FIFA points now, so you can't do it in Belgium. So it is happening because some people believe that it's something you know that it's a kind of gambling aspect, if you like. Mm. Um, So it's very, it's very, very current issue with the game. It's very uh, newsworthy at the moment. But yeah, I mean, it it depends who's watching this and who, who, how old they are and stuff. It might be that they've got kids to play the game and they're wondering where that money's going, their pocket money. It's probably going on home at team. Yeah. Uh, or it might be that they know all about it, but it's an unbelievable world. It's nothing like what FIFA was when we grew up. It's a no. huge, huge business. EA make more money from selling packs of Ultimate Team players mm. than they do from selling the game. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. I, and I always think to myself, what, you know, why do they kind of do it every year? I mean, I've, I wonder, would they always, would they take a break for one year? But no. And they could. They could easily update everything. On, on one of the games but it's just that's the way gaming in general is going now it's, go, it's yeah. like you get your game and then they patch it and they update yeah. it and it's moving towards of a towards a more of like a membership thing where sometimes even these games are free but then you if you want to have a slightly better experience like for example a game Fortnite is free but then if you wanted to spend some money you could get a better like costume and it's not something that makes you better at the game it's not buying a better gun so you've got an advantage look, yeah looks cool and that's the future for me, but until, like I say, until it hurts the bottom line, it's not going to get changed from these huge companies who their main objective is obviously making money. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, listen, it, it has, it's changed completely and I'll always just be a career mode player, happily, happily enough to take a, a League One team and bring them all the way up to the top. I did a good one with Salford <laughs> this year. I got away from League Two, Salford City, oh. to, to the Prem, won, won the Prem. And... Um, I mean, if they what they need to do for career mode, they need to bring an online career mode, like what you can do on Football Manager. So, like me and you could be playing in the same career mode. Yeah, you, know, you, know, you could be Man United, and I could be West Ham. We could be buying players of each other, and we play each other in our career mode. That would be unreal. Oh, that'd be incredible. Yeah, and it's, they can definitely do it. It's just it's obviously not their prize asset at the moment. But um, well, I hope they're listening to that. <laughs> yeah. Be awesome. Yeah, that's nuts. Um, I want to talk about obviously the. The Wembley Cup, it's just such a huge thing. Um, you, you started it in 2015. Yeah, correct. Yeah. And it's just become its own kind of monster. Um, you know, talk me through that. Um, you know, what was the, kind of the idea behind that? Because I know Hashtag United came a, the year after. Yes, correct. Yeah, we're going to be f- five years old in a couple of days, Hashtag. Yeah. Um, so the first Wembley Cup, I, I just finished doing the FIFA player stuff and I was doing my own channel with myself and I was doing FIFA content and mm. you know, that was kind of the main stuff, a bit of football content, but mostly FIFA. And I was like, um, I was getting to be quite close to a lot of the other YouTube guys in the scene, a lot of the sidemen guys and, mm. and people like this. And we were actually in um, Germany for an event called Gamescom, which is like a big gaming event. And I remember we were having a big uh, sort of some food and drink and I was saying, we all love football. And I was like, "Why we could definitely get a really cool football game out of YouTube in some way. Like, mm. just purely thinking about it experientially. Like, how do we just do something that's really fun? And I'm a bit older than those boys. I've had a bit more experience in the, in the sort of working world. And I've yeah. got some contacts at YouTube and stuff from Copper 90. So I was like, Look, boys, leave it with me. If you tell me if I can arrange us a cool game, you'll play in it. Then I can, like, I'm sure we can make something really decent. They were like, mm. yeah, sweet. So then I, I basically went and talked to some people I knew at YouTube. And, and actually, the, what I pitched to them at the time was something completely different. I pitched to them getting a team of YouTubers and taking us to Vegas and playing in a, there's a Vegas like 11 aside football tournament you can do out there. Mm. 
and playing in that if a group of like 15 of us and basically you'd make the content like almost vlog style about taking this group of you know it's got kind of like what Paul Merson did with the England team recently, the old England boys and he took them to play West Germany it's like a reunion thing kind yeah. of like a lads tour sort of thing yeah um, and, and they were like we like that idea but we obviously need a brand to pay for it so we started thanks to YouTube they started introducing me to certain brands and we pitched it to loads we pitched it to uh, Mars Subway uh, I think there's one other that I can't remember but the, we also met EE and EE sponsored Wembley Stadium and they were like look yeah. what you're talking about is cool but would you rather just play at Wembley and I never even thought that was possible so I was like we can play at Wembley <laughs> I'm pretty sure we'll all go for that yeah and then that was the first year we played a game we got all the YouTube two YouTube teams it was very much based on Soccer Aid mm. but obviously rather than traditional TV celebrities it was YouTubers it was online yeah. characters and um and that first one was wicked, but it was not live. It was anything. It was just a purely pre-filmed video. We filmed, played it in the May, and we uploaded it in September. Okay. Um, yeah. Played it the day after United beat Villa in the FA Cup final. I was at that FA Cup final. I think Jesse yeah. Lingard scored that yes, game. Yes, he got the winner, yeah. And we went to the, the next morning we played. I remember the groundsman saying to me, this is what we call a AAA pitch in the sense of like, obviously it's always going to be decent at Wembley, but it can have different conditions. But because they mm. just had an FA Cup final on it, they were like, you could not play on a better pitch in the world right now. This is, <laughs> and it felt that way. It was unbelievable. And um, that got like 18 million views on YouTube. It was mental. Wow. And so I was like, well, we didn't think we were going to do others. It was just a one off. Yeah. I was like, we've got to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> and how do we make it better? But it had a bit of a name for itself now. So I was like, well, let's do it with fans this time and let's do it. Yeah. Can we get some like big names in? So we ended up adding footballers to it, mm. ex footballers. And the second one, we had 20. 2,000 people in the stadium and we had like JJ Kocha, Patrick Cloiver, yeah, Robert Perez. Um, yeah, I mean, there's three other people I can't remember right now. And then like unbelievable players to play with, um, Jamie Carragher. And then third year, we had 32,000, 34,000, no, 34,000 it was. And that's Stevie G. Stevie G played in that one as well as others. And then the fourth one, was we had to change it up a little bit because basically all those great YouTubers had played in Wembley three times now. Yeah. They were like, if you want me? <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't their fault. It was just we had a budget. Everyone, everyone always got paid. Yeah. As well. And they grow and they grow and they grow, obviously, since 2015. They, yeah, they bigger enough. and bigger. Yeah. And to be fair to them, we always asked more of them than come in to simply just play a game. I think if it was just come and play a game, you know, it would be a very easy sell. But because yeah. we were always making content, it was always a story building up to it to promote the, the final and to sell tickets and to raise money for charity. Mm. We needed YouTubers to be in that content as well. Yeah. That's what hurt us sometimes because we didn't have a lot of budget and players, YouTubers are busy. You know, a lot of these guys are huge YouTubers by this point. And they were like, I can't give you three, four days of my time in the lead up. I'm sorry. So it became a challenge. And so we changed up for the fourth one and made it more about football, YouTube football teams that existed by then. Yeah. But mate, it was like, Probably the best thing I've done in terms of fun, like lots of lots of ball like uh, uh, arranging it all. But yeah. Um, yeah, like playing at Wembley once is from someone like me is an absolute honour. I've actually played there five times. So I've done the four Wembley Cups and a separate game. Yeah. And um, you know, it's like and then to do it in front of fans, it's, it's yeah. unbelievable. I would pay a lot of money to to play at Wembley again, even now. Yeah, I've done it five times. So imagine what it was like for me getting to do it. It was. It's a huge time. thing as well because you have all of the the biggest names there now. Is when you kind of you look at it now, you have you know 
through Geordie and you have Lawrence on commentary, yeah. you know, and it's just it's it's a real um it's really authentic, you know, for for the YouTube the UK YouTube audience. And that's why people kind of gravitate towards it and they probably love it so much. And you know, they probably can't get enough of it. That's the I think that's why and generally I think on YouTube or anything like this, audiences really appreciate it when something's made for them. You know, it's not yeah. like a brand. It was a really good if it's because it was a branded piece of content ultimately. It was all yeah. EE stuff. And I've actually got an award sitting on my shelf up there. We've got we won an award for branded content because you if you watched it, you knew it was EE sponsored, but it wasn't in your face. It was yeah. EE going, You want this epic thing at Wembley? All right, we're gonna give it to you. Like, yeah. And we're going to put EE on the shirts. We're going to do a bit of messaging here and there. But generally, we were giving the audience something that was just awesome rather yeah. than like some brand agency coming up with some naff idea and just trying to sell it. As you know, it was actually the idea came first and yeah. they were the ones that allowed us to do it. So EE are like my, you know, the heroes of mine. So they must do that. Yeah. And um, it's just a very positive thing. People like Jordan, I mean, the first one we cut, he was gutted that I, I kind of said to him, I want you to commentate it. And he was like, I want to play it. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I can get, I can get you in. We'd all, the squads were sort of done at this point. And Jordy was someone who was was getting like, you know, following on YouTube. But it wasn't massive at this point. But I, he was a mate of mine that we'd been doing videos together, and I yeah. could tell he had like a complete unique personality. Yeah. And I was like, Jordy, I honestly think it's better for you and your career if you commentate because yeah. I said like, eighty percent of the guys that play in this game, it's just going to be a cool thing they do. You know, obviously, yeah. there's big guys like the sidemen who are going to go on and be massive already were massive by that point anyway mm. but I mean this isn't like a big moment in their career this is just something they're going to get to go and do it's massive for me as the guy who housed all the content mm. I said Geordie like you can be a commentator like you can do this stuff like if you come and play in it you're going to be the big lad who comes on and, and has some fun yeah or you can be the voice of it and you yeah. and if we do it again you'll do it next year and the next year and next year and he eventually agreed and then he said to me many times after that like like he was really glad that we did go down that route because he yeah. obviously ended up doing the YouTube boxing and all yeah. these things, which this was the perfect opportunity for him to show what he was about and how good he yeah. is. So he's a great guy, Brian. Yeah. He's a he lovely is. fella. Yeah, he is. You know, salt of the earth, really. I, I, I have a lot of time for him. I've been on a few of his streams before and most notably the McGregor Khabib fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of people gave me flack for that. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he, he's a great guy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, one of my favourites. Um, I just want to talk about hashtag. Uh, I mean, five years old, um, officially now in in the football league as well since yeah. two thousand and eighteen. Yeah, that's some achievement, mate. That is unbelievable. Do you know, what, I what's, just what's crazy. Is oh, fair play. To, it's just amazing. What's even me mental is we'd probably be a league or two higher by now if it wasn't for COVID as well. To be honest, yeah. Uh, we, we actually might still get promoted. There's a chance the league is finished for the second year in a row, but there's a chance they might uh, restructure the leagues. And if they do, we're in line to go up just purely because we've been the best team in our league for two years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mate, it is mental. It is absolutely mental if you actually think about it. It's like a lot of the stuff I've done, really. If you actually said at the beginning of the process what we'd end up doing, I wouldn't have believed you. Mm. But you just create your own opportunities, you know, and obviously you have a bit of luck here and there for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it's... Seb and I, my brother, we we sat down even before we started hashtag. Yeah, we sat down and talked. We knew we wanted to do a big project. We wanted to do a football specific yeah thing that could grow to be something bigger than just my YouTube channel. Mm. That was a not a business, a business in a way. You know, something that we could be employed by and something that we could you know grow to last for a long time. Mm. Legacy, if you like, and um, 
we we had a lot of experience in non-league because our dad's out. He's a hashtag physio now, but he was a physio all through growing up at non-league okay. clubs, and we used to be involved in the clubs and stuff. Mm. In fact, some of my initial YouTube content, uh, my old channel, was filming my dad's old non-league team, and um, we actually talked about whether we could get a brand similar to the Wembley Cup idea. Mm. Could we get a brand to almost sponsor a series that would allow us to buy a non-league club, and we would take them over and kind of like Salford. We never would have gone as high as Salford. We wouldn't have the money, but you know, the mm. story of running a non-league club that already exists, that has its own history, but under new management sort of thing. And the, the, yeah. the story, the documentary would be like, what happens when a YouTuber buys a non-league team? Mm. And um, which would have been sick. But what we didn't think is that we could make our own from scratch because it's just not something you can do. Yeah. Normally. Like it's, not, it's a lot of due diligence you've got to do to like get to the level that becomes, you know, in the FA Cup, for example. And um the, the, but the big thing, the big difference with buying a team, we never actually had the money to buy a team. Like we, we just assumed we, it was like, if you build it, they will come. If we come up with the idea, we'll find someone to pay for it. Yeah. Um, the, the, the biggest difference is we didn't have to take anyone else's history over. Like, okay, Salford City have come in and they've been fairly true to the, their origins, but equally they've changed the club over, like dramatically, right? It's a completely yeah. different thing to what it was. Um and that's been very successful for them, but often it goes the other way and you get people buying clubs and they ruin the club or they might even, might, club might even go out of business because they've got the wrong mm. owners. It's so much better if you can do it yourself. But that's what we yeah. actually said. Let's just create a team. Let's, uh, let's literally not make it about what level we play at first. Let's make mm. it about entertainment. And actually, we're all at an age. I was 27 when we started Hashtag. Seb was 30s. We were like, we can still play for a little bit here. So yeah. let's actually have some fun out of this. Like we're getting these offers left, right and centre to play in these stadiums. The, fir- the third ever game in Hashtag History was at Wembley Stadium. That was the other Wembley time I played. Yeah. You know, we played then, we played, we went to America after like three months of being around. <laughs> like, and so these are things that we've all played football for 20 years and never got to do. So, yeah. and you obviously, your average amateur football don't get to do any of this stuff. So um, we were like, let's kind of milk that first. Let's get yeah. all those experiences for us personally. But there's, consciously build a club at the same time you know like yeah create a following and then we can do whatever we can do and that's what we did and then we got to that point after about two three years where we were of a certain age a lot of our friends were not just my mates but also a lot of our players sorry were not just my friends but also seb's friends so they were all yeah mid-30s having kids they didn't live that close they're struggling to commit how what do we do do we just keep playing these friendlies um until we're all like retired hmm. or do we like say actually this club's here to stay and it's actually not about us anymore it's about the football team yeah. and that's what we did we did in my opinion the unselfish thing it'd be easy for us to sit there and you know enjoy these experiences for a bit longer but we were like no it's just that's just what's the best thing for the club and the best thing for the club was to give it a structure that meant it could be around for a long time and that hmm. is the English football pyramid so that's what we did yeah that's amazing um, you know and just the, the work the grind that yourself and Seb put into it is just it's it's admirable and you know more more success to it I mean it's just going to climb and climb and climb I just think it's an amazing story it really is it is ridiculous like even someone in it it's ridiculous but it's it's amazing you know yeah you probably do it's you know you you built a football like a football club from the ground up you know well actually like like that phrase still works, but I was going to say, we actually reverse engineered the creating of a football club. Like we yeah. created a team that had a fans before it was an actual proper team, if you know what I mean. The only time you see stuff like that is when you get these like Phoenix club, like you've got the FC United of Manchester, you've got yes. uh, uh, AFC Wimbledon when they got moved. Mm. 
and things like that. And their fan base there, they're not being catered. Man United one's different, but with Wimbledon, they, there was a fan base in there yeah. no longer being catered for. A big so one at that. Exactly. That's why they climbed yeah. up the leagues. Whereas normally what happens is these teams like, you know, um, Newton Heath, was it? Man United were called? They were called Newton Heath. Yeah. yeah. So start. like, And West Ham were called Thames Ironworks. And uh, you get these clubs that were created 100 years ago out of some sort of community thing, whether it's a workplace, yeah. like West Ham's Thames Ironworks Natural Factory, whatever. And then it just grows with time and they get facilities and, the, and they get really good. And then blah, 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 100, you need 100 years to create that history. Yeah. And then you're this huge worldwide, you know, billion dollar thing like yeah. Man United. Um, what we did is we actually created this thing that had these fans all over the world. Yeah. We had no league and no local community. And then we went, right, now we need to find that bit, which is the bit you normally, by playing in a local community for 100 years, you get those fans. We had the fans, we just didn't have the basics. So yeah. it's been really interesting because it's the opposite of how it's supposed to work. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, And that get, that does come with some criticism, you know. It, it, it's, it's weird. I, I really don't get it. I'm, I'm quite a... Um, someone that likes to challenge the status quo and I, yeah. I, don't, I don't like have anything against tradition or anything like that, but I don't see the point in it if it's just for tradition. I like it to be effective, what, what it stands yeah. for, actually doing something good. And apart from people maybe not liking the name, which is the whole point people haven't got, like if we were called Essex United, no one would care. Like yeah. no one would know about us. No one would remember our name. Yeah. Even if you hate what we stand for, every time you hear the word hashtag on the, on the radio talking about something else, it makes you yeah. think of hashtag United. Yeah. Or, you just hear the word hashtag United and you're like a, a critic and you're like, what the hell is that football team? But you you know about us. Yeah. You've seen us jump off the page if we were called something else. So that's the whole point. Uh, the world is changing, you know, and, and I think people are kind of, it's more, it's more, it's not, it's, it's not criticism. That's kind of a jealousy thing when you talk. Yeah, but about I mean, that, you know? it doesn't bother me too much. It's more that I just don't understand it because my job as someone that runs a football team is not to make everyone like me. That is no one's job mm. as a football team. Your job as running a football team is to find your people yeah. and give them a great experience. Now, there's much more people in the world that don't support Man United than do. Mm. However, Man United is one of the biggest clubs and it has a yeah. huge fan base, but they don't worry about what Arsenal fans think of them. They care. Yeah. They worry about what their people think. A That's fan a- base that kills each other online. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. Like Everyone, you've got to find your people. And for hashtag, it's increasingly easy to find out people because we stand for something that's very different to what other clubs do. Yeah. If you don't have a point of difference, then all you have is your geographical location. Yeah. Like, I'm Preston. If you're from Preston, you support me. I'm Bournemouth. If you're from Bournemouth, you support me. We haven't got that bit yet, really. We have. We've got a slow, sort of small growing actual local, you know, community. But we have a, a way of being, you know, which mm. is very forward thinking, which is we have an esports team, which is yeah. we do these things that other non-league teams around us think are weird but we love them and it's like that's easy to find your people then because people just resonate and they just come to you slowly but surely so I mean I think I don't see how it's a bad thing football in any I'm, way shape or form I'm here talking to you sitting in a house in County Mead in Ireland and I've supported Manchester United pretty much my whole life exactly you know so <laughs> what's what's you know what's the harm in supporting a team like Hashtag United do you know what I mean it's yeah what you did it, it makes complete sense I think and it's a unique selling point as well, as you said about the name and where it kind of originated from, you know? 
Yeah, and, and the, ironically, the name actually does come, there is a meaning from the name, like in the same way that West Ham were called Thames Ironworks because their original players all worked in the same Ironworks factory. Yeah, Our team was called Hashtag FC originally, even before we started filming, it was a team yeah. that already existed because we all worked to Copper 90 and we were working in social media. So we called ourselves yeah. Hashtag FC. So it's, it's no different. It's the exact same thing to being called Thames Ironworks. It's a, it's a, it's a bit of a comedy name, but it was like we work in social media football. So we call ourselves hashtag FC. And then we changed it to hashtag United because we felt it sounded a bit better. Yeah. But um, like, it's, it's literally the exact same genesis. The difference is, you know, there's less people working in factories now and there's less mm. teams coming out of that environment because all these teams already exist. So you join an existing team. But this is the factory of yeah. 150 years later. You know what I mean? It is yeah. social media and media <laughs> industry. So I think in time, people will get it and it will become... <laughs> A much normal thing. I don't think it's going to become a thing we're going to see repeated loads, if I'm honest. I think yeah. there's a lot of teams that will try and have tried. Um, what is more likely is we see these other hashtags pop up in other countries. We have seen that a lot because it's a whole different audience you can cater to. Okay, yeah. Different languages. There's a team in Spain that's very similar vibe. Mm. There's a team in France doing something very similar. And, and good luck to them. Maybe one day we'll do a big tournament with each other. But um, yeah, uh, in England, I actually think like no one will catch us to be honest like it's just our whole it's, it's a lot of it luck i'm not putting it all down mm. to like any stroke of genius it's just we are interesting because we were the first team to do it and if loads of people top, pop up trying to do it they'll just be compared to us and yeah. we have such a big head start on them such a big yeah. fan base and we're so far along the journey already um that it's just it's not it's not a model it's an unbelievable unique model for a football club that can really really work but yeah. it only works because there's one if you have 20 a team of 20 teams in a league and 10 of them are these social media teams they'll all become weaker as a result because yeah. they're not so interesting so yeah. I don't think we'll see loads of them i think we'll see other countries versions what, what i can see in years to come maybe maybe a decade i can see the um the fan channels have yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of league. I honestly can see it. I can see the United stand. I can see. Well, it's happened already. They, they had. They had. They, like, they have. They've had tournaments and all. Got the yeah. Blood Brothers uh, yeah. league, which is the guys. They had a um, Ball Street did something called the Fan Cup. We actually did something called the Next Level League as well, which Arsenal Fan TV played in. Um, yeah. And those ideas are all there, and they're there to be ready to be to kind of to kind of run away with them. I think for us, we pulled ourselves out of the YouTube yeah. environment, if you like. And that was because mainly, actually, it was more of a personal thing, which is I I would end up organising these things. And I, and I got a lot of experience from it with the Wembley Cup. And mm. I, I, people would never understand the lengths I went to to make these tournaments like as legit as possible. Like We're talking yeah. about seven-a-side tournaments on YouTube where I'd employed people just to make sure it was well-run. I didn't need to employ that person to make the series work. Yeah. I did it just to basically make sure no one could question its integrity. And it doesn't matter. If you are running a club and that club has any success in the competition mm. um, and you also are in charge in the league in any way, it, I get it. I get it. It's just there wasn't anyone else to run them. So I was like, I'm not doing both and there's no way I'm choosing running stuff like a league overrunning the team. Yeah. So I'll, go, I'll do something else with the team and go in a different direction. We, we did look at it for a long period of time. We had some, um, some opportunities some business investment opportunity to make a proper YouTube league, yeah. but um, it was only going to work and the investments were only going to work or, or be apparent if I was running it because that, you know, when people invest in stuff, generally they invest in the people yeah. that run it. And 
I think a tournament yeah. is a tournament and running a club is enough. I think if you were to try and run that league and then yeah, you can't. Uh, you can't it's do. yeah, yeah. It'd be very bad it, mentally. It'd be very challenging. And I think it's just a lot of it. Yeah. Not not to use this word in a negative way, but it's just a lot of different egos you have to manage. So when you're running a league, you have to just be running the league. Yeah. And so that's something that I wasn't interested in doing, you know, instead of running hashtag, which I love. So um yeah. went in a different direction. But yeah, you're right. I think there is definitely legs in that, mm. that idea. Definitely. Well, look, Spencer, honestly, a pleasure having you on, mate. That was a great chat. And um I wish you all the best with everything. Um hashtag um hopefully the Wembley Cup will be back. Is, is there any word? Will it be back next year? Or is it this year? Uh, to be fair, it's difficult. I think if we do it again, it would be like the first three were. It wouldn't be like the last one where it was yeah. like team-based. It would be all about soccer aid style personalities. Yeah. We have to get you involved, mate, if we do it again. Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to play, mate. I'm a yeah, terrible footballer, but I'd <laughs> love to play. I'm good at impersonating the footballers, but... <laughs> can, you, can you impersonate them on the pitch? Yeah, always, it always remi- it reminds me of this time, right? I was playing in the seven-a-side seven tournament in Newquay. Yeah. And there were some good teams and there were some not-so-good teams. We were kind of in the middle. But next to us, there was this team who were struggling. They were getting beat a lot. Mm. And this manager... Um, I remember always remember laughing about it. The manager shouts to one of the players. They're getting beat like 7-0. And he goes, David! David! Who's your favourite player? And he goes, Wayne Rooney. He goes, well, bloody play like him. <laughs> I was like, it's great coaching. Great coaching. Yeah, I was thinking maybe you could have used that in some ways. Like, really, I don't know if it'd work or not. Yeah. Uh, no, if we do another one, if we do another one, we'll definitely get you involved. Yeah, it's I'd love to, mate. More about the, just the legwork that has to go into arranging it. Yeah. Of all the other stuff we've had on, it's made it, and obviously this year, with no fans and stuff, it wasn't worth doing. So maybe yeah. one day, never say never. Absolutely, mate. Well, look, legend i really appreciate you coming on and um yeah all the best with everything and i hope hopefully see you in the future hopefully get over to you now and you know i think the first time we met was a fifa it was the fifa yeah, yeah, launch yeah. wasn't it FIFA yeah 17 or eight years ago four years ago yeah quite a while yeah. ago yeah no, mate totally thanks for having me keep up the good work obviously i'm a big fan of what you do as well and I, I've never been to Ireland. You know that? I've been to Northern Ireland, which I know isn't the same. Oh, <laughs> you got to get over here, I've never mate. been to Ireland, so I do want to go. I actually, the last football manager save I was doing, I was managing Galway. Galway United, I think they were. Yeah. Um, so I was, that was the closest I've got is FM save with Ireland. But uh, <laughs> I do need to get over there. So who knows? Maybe next time. Galway. Be, I'm uh, telling you, Galway. I know I'm from Dublin, but go to Galway. You're good. Oh, yeah. If you want a good weekend, if you're, you know, go to all the best pubs. And have the the crack, as we like to call it over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like the song uh, Galway Girl, not the Ed Sheeran one, by a guy called Steve Earle. It's in a, yes, yes, in Steve Earle, yeah. Never. I always made me want to go to Galway when I was a kid, so I will uh, go to Galway one day. Yeah, no, you'll, Island, I'll let you know. you'll love Galway. But look, Spencer, thanks a million, pal. Man, thank okay. you, brother. Build your own unique bets and get the odds instantly with Betfred's Pick Your Punt Builder. Corners, cards, goal scorer and more. They've got them all. Download the Betfred app to build your own unique bets with instant odds. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. Singles only. Pick Your Punt Builder is available on selected matches at Betfred's discretion. Visit betfred.com slash promotions for more information and for full terms and conditions.